Hey there, streakers. Hopefully you have had a fantastic, wonderful day. I know that I have. I just got off with a training that I was doing, a little bit of an overview for one of Franklin Covey's courses, The Four Essential Roles of Leadership. I, I just got to tell you, what a great group of people with whom I was working. I mean, they are fantastic. They, we, we had a couple of pre-meetings with them and everything else, and it was just a wonderful experience. This group of learning and development leaders does such a wonderful job at helping people, I guess, reach down and understand what it is they need to do in order to become a great leader. After all, that's what Franklin Covey is all about is leadership development. But this podcast, and I guess I shouldn't say but, but races everything all, all before it. This podcast is not a Franklin Covey podcast. It's actually the streaking podcast where we learn everything that you need to know about being consistent. Following the streaking laws, which are make it laughably simple, keep a record, create a community. Those are the three laws of streaking. That's what we're going to talk. We're actually not going to talk about those today. What we're going to talk about today is a false sense of security when you've done something for quite some time and now you think you've got it. So let's talk about that on the streaking podcast today. I'm Jeff Downs without my lovely co-host, Jamie Downs, but I'm excited to talk to you and let's start streaking. Whenever you've done a task or an activity or a behavior long enough and repeated it long enough, there really is an assumption that it will become automatic. This is one of the plays that habit has for you. In James Clear's book on atomic habits, he talks about a habit being something automatic that is involuntary that you don't think about, you just do it. And there is really something alluring about having a habit in your life, or in other words, performance and growth being automatic. Unfortunately, it's just not true. There are things that will become automatic. And what are those things? Well, they're motor skills. It's like walking and breathing or typing. All of these particular motor skills can become habit. I remember in one of the books I, I read, I think it was Charles Duhigg's book about uh, Tony Dungy really training his football team to have habit. In other words, to react to something rather than wait to respond to it. Because ultimately, if you have to think about it, it takes longer. And in football, that microsecond or two microseconds of thought can be the difference between a field goal and a touchdown. What you do is train yourself to react so that in the moment, the decisions that you're making are not decisions of what, what switch to flip or what way to block or what muscle to use. What decisions that you're making are more the higher level, the strategic decisions. One of the things that comes to mind is Sully, the uh, airline pilot that landed the, I think it was a U.S. Airways flight in the Hudson River. At a, just right after they took off, there was a flock of birds that flew into their engines. Both engines went out. At that moment, Sully went from being a strategic thinker as far as what's happening to let's get this, let's get this plane on the ground. And what was, what was interesting is the strategic thought was where to land. And gratefully, he had trained enough that he didn't have to think through all of the different switches he had to flip in order to get there. He and his co-pilot successfully were able to fly the plane because they had trained on it. They had made it so it was automatic. Those motor skills are critical and important and play a huge part. 
the part of where to land was not automatic. It was strategic. It required the frontal lobe of the brain where all the thinking happens. He had to think through it in a way that allowed him to be in the best place he could to save the lives of everyone on board, which he did. Fantastic, wonderful, amazing story. Why? Because he had trained in the motor skill areas and he had this frontal lobe strategic thinking to be able to navigate the airplane to where it needed to go. How does all of this relate to what I was talking about and what we will be talking about in regards to a false sense of security? Let me share with you another story. There was a streaker who who wrote us a letter or sent us an email and said, well, I just got to say, you guys are right. And we're like, okay, what is this all about? What do you mean we were right? She said, I have been streaking for 132 days and at as I went into 132 days of streaking, these couple of different behaviors, I figured, you know what? I got this. I don't really need to keep track, keep a record of this anymore. Remember I talked about the three laws of streaking, laughably simple, make a record, share it. She said, I didn't need to make a record anymore because I felt I had it. However, three months later, I was doing an assessment of what the activities were in my life that I wanted to be doing to become the person I wanted to be. And I recognized that I had actually stopped doing those activities that I had been tracking before. What I thought was automatic was not. In other words, what happens is you build up a false sense of security because why? The mundane, the everyday gets to a place where you're like, I've got this. I, I'm, I'm really moving along. You've established a baseline or a floor and that baseline or floor allows you to stand so that you can reach for higher goals. And anytime you start to think, you know what? I've got this in any matter of growth. It will be your demise. It'll be something that really does take away from who you're striving diligently to be. Today, as I mentioned, I was talking to a group of leaders. They were in the beginning of their leadership journey. As they begin their leadership journey, one of the things that I didn't say, but I want to say here, is learning the principles of leadership is critical. What to do is critical. Because you learn the principles that will help you to lead people to a better state of being. After all, I believe that's what a leader is all about. It's helping people to achieve their potential. The key to being a great leader is the consistency that you have in your life. It's the consistency with the people you lead. It's the question of, are you having or doing at least one leadership activity every day that's in service of those who you lead? Are you studying at least one leadership principle or characteristic? Are you looking at and also holding a regular planning schedule or planning meeting. These are all leadership activities that help you become the leader that you want to be. When I was talking with this group of leaders, we were just at the start of this journey. And what I want to say to you, if you listen to the streaking podcast is this, set a streak to either daily or weekly study at least one leadership principle. Or if you're leading people and you have a group that's reporting to you, Set a streak to do at least one activity for those for at least one of the persons who reports to you every single day. 
Now, it doesn't have to be hard. When you look at these activities that we're talking about, it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be something that you are really stressing over. It can be as simple as, you know what? I'm thinking about this particular person or sending them a text. Hey, I just want to say thank you. Your contributions are amazing. It's that simple. If you have 8, 10, 12 people on your team and you do at least one activity a day, you will start to build up this strength with your team, a loyalty, a trust, an ability to lead them in a way that really is not available to everyone. And by the way, if you are consistent, you build trust with your team. Variableness breeds distrust. Inconsistency, canceling one-to-ones, not being there when needed, not sharing with the team the appropriate praise and also correction. Those type of things, if done on an inconsistent basis or being variable, that causes uncertainty in the team. And I'll tell you, one way to quickly destroy trust is to have variability which is un- and uncertainty. The false sense of security that comes from the consistent, concerted effort, the consecutive effort, is that over time, you've got it. In other words, it will become automatic. And the important thing to recognize is that it won't and that that's okay. Jamie and I, we were talking about this on our streaking walk this morning. And I, we were talking about what is it that brings that breeds that false sense of security? Or no, 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 that's not what we said. We were talking about that, but I wanted to go a little bit different direction. What we were talking about was the idea of the rush that comes from going from nothing to doing something. Here's what I mean by this. Consider exercise. We're approaching the first of the year. The first of the year, there is a lot of people. Now, some people have sworn completely off of New Year's resolutions, but there's others who are like, no way, I'm I'm getting better this year. I am resolving to be a better person. I am resolving to exercise. And that exercise is something that will be consistent in my life. Now, I haven't been doing it. I'm going to wait till after the holidays are done. And on January 1, well, let's say January 2, I'm hitting the gym or I'm going outside for the walk or I'm lifting the weights or I'm doing that plank or I'm doing the sit-ups or I'm doing the push-up. Whatever it is, I'm going to do it. There's an initial rush of enthusiasm, excitement, and energy that comes from that first workout. Boy, I worked it hard today. I was sweating significantly. The second workout, ooh, I'm really, I'm on to something here. The third workout, you know what? This is great. I'm keeping it going. The fourth workout, wow, I, I really appreciate this. The fifth workout, you know what? This is okay. The sixth workout, I'm going to take a break today. The seventh workout, you know, I'm going to break one more time. I'm hurting a little bit. The eighth workout, you know what? I don't even want to go to the gym today. I've got so much on my mind and there's so much to do. The ninth workout, I'm going to rest. I'm going to get on it tomorrow. The 10th workout, go to the gym. Wow, that was a big rush. What just happened in all of that behavior? What happens is when we go from nothing to something, there are endorphins that are released and it feels great. When though you start to get consistent, you get used to that endorphin level And it becomes the floor of what it is you're doing and somewhat mundane. So you start to back off of it. And it may be a little bit too hard. And I don't have really the time to do it. And I feel okay. So you back off of it. Then 
About two weeks later, when you realize you haven't done any of the workouts that you said you would do, and you do it again, you get the great big rush. And the endorphins come back in, and you're like, wow, this is awesome. Here's the problem with that particular pattern of behavior. What happens to each one of us is we get hooked on that endorphin feeling, and we think that that is better, that, that, that that's the better way to go. Why? Because you're comparing it to nothing. Now, here is the difference. When you're consistent with exercise, and I'm using physical exercise on purpose, there's other things that you can do and be consistent in, but when you're consistent with physical exercise, the endorphins, they normalize, and it's not like you get that rush anymore. And so you start to think, is this really making any difference? Is it, is it really doing anything at all for me? Or you try, you try to do something so hard that you burn out. You cannot keep the level of intensity that you put on yourself for that particular po- place in time. When you are consistent and comparing, you're not comparing to doing nothing. What you're comparing to is that amazing feeling that you had when you went from nothing to something. Therein is the problem. You see what I'm saying here? When we compare, rather than the consistency being compared to nothing, we compare it to the most amazing and look at it as lacking. Rather than looking at the consistency and comparing that to nothing and realizing that, wow, I'm doing this every single day. This is why you set a streak. Especially as you look at the New Year's, start with a physical streak. That's just fine. But don't make it too hard. Make it laughably simple. I wrote a paper a little while ago on the whole idea of a streak of laying out your workout clothes or putting them on in the morning. I'm going to put on my workout clothes in the morning. Now, whether or not you work out, that's left to be seen. But what you are doing is training the brain and yourself to think about, you're you're raising the level of exercise to your consciousness so that you are considering it every moment as long as you have your workout clothes on. For me and for Jamie, it happened to be run or walk at least one mile every day. When we started on that run or walk at least one mile six days a week, I say every day because it rolls off the tongue easier, but let's be really critical, let's be absolutely um, detailed in what it is that I'm saying. The streak that we have is we walk or run one mile Monday through Saturday. We call it a weekly streak because we don't do it Sunday. So we walk or run at least one mile, and we've been doing that for eight and a half years. What's the difference from before where we are variable in our exercise and uncertain in who we are? It was that we had made something that was laughably simple and changed the tenor and the context of the question to how long can I do this? How many days in a row can I actually make this happen? How many weeks in a row can I make this happen? That then changed inside of ourselves the opportunity to the competition being with ourselves and how long we can we can go on. And I hope to do this streak until the day I die. That's how long I hope to do this streak. And there are By the way, I've talked about on the Streaking Podcast, lifelong streaks versus time of life streaks versus challenge streaks. We'll cover that again on another day. If you go back a couple of episodes, you'll be able to see that. Today, I want just to to finish off in this way. As you set your streaks, whether they be physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual, 
don't be lulled into a false sense of security that after 100, 150, 300, 700 days, you've got it. Instead, look at it as an opportunity to challenge yourself, to ask the question, how many days in a row can I do this? If you want to learn more about streaking, you can buy the book at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, or anywhere books are sold. Download the streaking app. That's the place where you can start real change. Align your activities with who you want to be. The streaking app allows you to keep track of your streaks. You can even put them in folders so that as you add more streaks to your life, you can divide them up in the parts of your life that matter most. Post on the social media outlet and follow along with those who are posting. There are some amazing individuals out there. And streakers, thank you so much for posting your progress as you go along on your streaks. There are beautiful works of art. There's gorgeous sunsets and sunrises, outdoor walks. There's also different physical exercise. People posting proof of their streak and their laughably small streak all the time. If you want to learn about streaking in the streaking app, you can touch the learn page and learn all about the three laws of streaking. Download the app, give it a rating, subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss one episode and you can share it with your friends. Until we talk again, keep streaking.